Loop and Larry are about to embark on the most onerous and emotional journey of their lives, where difficult decisions could change everything they hold sacred. After months of seclusion and secrecy, witness the heartbreak and elation of their greatest accomplishment as they reveal Loop and Larry's all-time favorite five flicks. In a world filled with intergalactic space battles, meta-human destruction on a global scale, and psychopathic serial hauntings, there's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. Oh yeah, that is right. Yes, 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 yes. Seventy fourth explosion. <laughs> there you go. The explosions just keep going. They, they, they never stop. This it really is, the, is the best, It really is the best part of the show. Quite honestly, it is. That's this is the Oppenheimer of podcasts. Really, like there's just always something happening. So <laughs> always blowing stuff up. Just blowing it up real good <laughs> all the time. Hey, I'm Loop. And I'm Larry. <laughs> and this is Guardians of Geek. Again, like as Larry just said, it's our 74th show, and uh, we're going to do something a little different today. But uh, before we get into anything, we got to start talking Oscars, because the Oscar nominations came out this week. We're recording on Thursday. I think it's the 25th yes. today. And yes. uh, so they just came out a couple days ago. So we've been itching just to talk a little bit about them. And uh, a bit of controversy on these ones. Bit. Yep, a little bit. A few surprises. Yeah. So I, I just got to say, this is the first year, I think, where I've, I've seen... Usually I've seen like maybe half, sometimes only like three of the ones they've not, I've actually seen seven of them before really? they, before they had announced them. So I, I was pretty proud of myself on a seven. So I thought. Good, good job. I'm only at four. So I. Oh, I you're have, only at four, eh? Like I thought you'd seen a lot more than that. No, I thought I had two, but I need that. I've got some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes too, with when you're trying to watch them ahead, you end up uh, like you, you, you're guessing uh, what you think might get nominated. And sometimes you just watch the ones that aren't like, but they're always a good, like, you know, they're they usually someone's nominated from them anyways or something. Just, exactly. It just I, so just so I, people I, if they don't know, like Larry and I try to watch all the best picture nominees at least at the very least. And so I just find it makes a much more enjoyable Oscars. Well, exactly. Like, I mean, if you if you haven't watched any of them, and some of them are hard to come by. Like it's it's lately they've been doing a lot of uh smaller films, which is good. I mean, you wanna yeah. you wanna kudos to those things but they are hard to find but that's kind of part of it part of the fun of doing of of like watching all 10 is trying to find all 10 yeah <laughs> it's it's not easy in fact uh our our local sort of independent movie theater this weekend is running two of the uh of the best pictures so I'm, i might do a double shot this weekend knock uh, knock off two at the same at the in one day which is pretty exciting never really yeah i'll try that. to watch both those within this week so that i'm like because i think of the three i have left two of them i are only at theaters and one of them i can watch on like on demand or digitally so um so i've got a few still i just got a few left but it's it's it'll be done soon exactly exactly 
So all right, this will be the this will be the ninety sixth annual awards. Uh, it's coming up on Sunday, March tenth. Of course, we'll do our Oscars like recap when that's done. Yep. Um, feel free to go back and watch any of our other Oscar recaps, even though you'll know the results um, prior <laughs> to. But and again, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you don't have to break down everything because we're gonna be doing a whole Oscar special. But is there anything that jumps out at you right off the top of some like some of the um, nominations? Well, I mean, quite honestly, I was, I mean, like everybody, I was very surprised that uh, Greta Gerwig did not get a director nomination. That just seems so odd to me. I mean, this was the picture of the year. I mean, probably, I'd say almost more so than Oppenheimer. Um, and and it's and it's a fantastic film. It just it it seems very odd to me that she didn't get a nomination. Nor did Margot Robbie and Robbie. And I don't know I don't know why. Like I that I think that seems very odd to me. Yeah, I think, like, I know, like, all the, like, actors vote for actors and, and like, you know, it, it, so it's all sort of within their category. Best Picture is nominated by everybody. And yeah. the Best Picture seems pretty good. Like, I didn't think there was anything in Best Picture that I was like, oh, my God, this didn't get nominated. It all seemed, yeah. there's a couple that could have been swapped in or out, um, but I think that was pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Um Margot Robbie, I don't know, like, for Best Actress, like, I, I understand, like, the, the movie's great. I don't know if she was the best actress of it. Um, yeah. I think Ryan Gosling got nominated, which was also a surprise. I think yeah. he got nominated because he was more out of his comfort zone. I felt like with this movie, yeah. um, he doesn't really do characters like that. He doesn't do a lot of like broad comedies. Um, so I think because he had done that and he got a lot more, he kind of was like, because he had done that song and everything else. I think it just, he was just out of his, his his field of like you know what he does normally so i think and because people, people are actually like saying how is he in this movie like why is he doing this and yes. it ended up paying off for him big time it did but again the greta gerwig that just she should have been nominated i think yeah. of, of that, that just seems, of that that seems sure. very very odd to me um what else uh but best actor uh I, I was quite surprised that uh, Willem Dafoe, I, although Willem Dafoe, I feel like probably would have been. He would have been best supporting, supporting I would think. Supporting. Okay, so let's go there then. <laughs> okay. I, I Willem Dafoe for uh, um, Four Things just seems like a huge mistake. I just, I was so uh, captivated by his performance. Mm -hmm. I just thought I thought I mean he's he's pretty much great in everything. Like he's one of yeah. those actors that I'll I'll see a Willem Dafoe movie. If he's in it, I'll probably go and see it because I really like his. But I just thought in this one he was so emotional and just so committed to this role. I just it seems so odd to me that he was not. Yeah, and nothing against Mark Ruffalo, but I would have swapped those two like for sure. Yeah, he just like, there was I mean, just something more interesting about Willem Dafoe in that, like just as a yeah. character, he was just something I'd never really seen before, and True. just like. There was just something like that, just sort of like um, odd about him and, and his character, yeah. and it just it was awesome. Well, see, I don't mind the and, Mark and sad at the same time. Like there was something sad yeah. about him, and, and like yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind the Mark Ruffalo nomination only because I, I get like like the Ryan Gosling thing. He sort of played out of character. Yeah, like, he doesn't normally do characters got, like that very often. No, yeah. he just got so weeny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just like a blubbering mess. I just you know I thought I thought that was all right. I just. It just it just really surprised me that Willem Dafoe was not recognized for that. Um, I, I am really pleased with the number of nominations that Poor Things got. Um, and I mean, obviously, the talk of this year is Barbie and Oppenheimer. But I, I, quite honestly, uh, poor th to me, my personal opinion, Poor Things was a much better movie than either one. 
I, 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 just I agree. Think, I think I, I think yeah. that could be the the sleeper yeah. on this on this because it's if you look at it artistically, I think yeah. Poor Things is like um, destroys both those movies. I mean, they're both they all have merit in some way or, or another. I just find it's just the, the imagination and the in the like the fantasy of Poor Things it, to me was was it's just a beautiful film. It was. It was just and and essentially they all three were based on. Like they were, I don't, I don't think any of them were original screenplays, because Oppenheimer was based on Oppenheimer's life. Um, yeah. uh, writing adapted screenplay was, yeah, Oppenheimer. So they're all adapted screenplays. So I would argue, like, Bar- I would argue for Barbie that it's it is an original because they're they're it, yes. just they're they're basing it on a toy, but the whole story is original. Not like they're this was a story told and they're they're adapting yeah. it like. So I, I, I would I would argue it, but I can see why it's not because it's actually based on a, a toy. So I can. That's see. right. Yeah. So but. The, so, but let's just assume they're all in the same category. Yeah. I, it was to me, uh, um, poor things was just a much more would have been a much more difficult movie to make. Yeah. Because every single scene was fantasy, essentially. You know, yeah. and and on top of the look of the thing and the way it was shot, which was totally original. I mean, with the lenses that they used and just the the cinematography was totally unique this year. Um, and, and then to to have such a compelling story and to have, you know, Emma Stone and and uh, Mark Ruffalo and all of those people, you know, tell the story the way they did. It just seemed to me to be a much more complicated movie to make. Uh, yeah. And and the fact that they pulled it off. I just I I, I will be very, very happy if it wins. <laughs> I, I think it should win. I, I, as much as like the Oppenheimer and everything, I think it's like kind of like the machine that's pushing those two through. And they're both yeah. great films. I just, yeah. I, I just think there was something about Poor Things that, to me, was heads and tails over those. And and it's just, it was just a beautiful looking film. It was. There was literally nothing like it this year. I mean, no. They like you said, they were they were all good. And and I mean Barbie was unique in its own way too. Like I mean, there it was, you know, sort of a, a toy-based movie that looked like a toy world. Uh, but so there was nothing else really like that. Oppenheimer was a fantastic movie. I saw it twice. I mean, I sat through three hours of it it was it was such a good movie, but it was kind of a like a, a standard biopic. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was. I felt the same way with Maestro. Maestro seemed like a passion project, but it seemed like a like a standard bio to pick to me as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, they did some cool things in it, of course, but it did, that's what it seemed like to me. So, I mean, and that's what makes the poor thing stand out so much more is that there was nothing standard about it. No, no, <laughs> it, was, it, was... it was so original. So, I, I mean, it's nominated so many times, and I just, I, I really hope that the voters recognize its value and don't just go with. The popular choice which, yeah i mean at this point it's probably oppenheimer um but i just you know i, 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 I don't know though because poor things has kind of come out of the woodwork at the last second and yeah. i mean it has some momentum going in like yeah. um so i don't know it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that i don't know i hope so i'm putting all my money on it all of yeah, it all every single dime every, got, sec- eh? every cent i have is going on poor things <laughs> so we'll uh, see <laughs> See how that goes. <laughs> um, the only other one that I thought was really cool was that uh, like Indiana Jones, uh, John Williams at 91 has his 54th like nomination. That's yeah. insane. That's crazy. Like when you think yeah. back, like, I mean, our childhood is that's a soundtrack to our childhood. Like all the movies he's done yeah. and even like people new, new, like even millennials because he did like the Harry Potter theme. So it's like, it just never ended. Like he just kept, he just writes 
the best songs for movies. Yeah. Like there's just no doubt about it. Hands down, never going to be beat. I don't know. I, I completely agree. I would love to see him win. I just, I mean, I don't know at 91, who knows how many more movies he's, he's going to be able to pull together like this. So it yeah. would just it would be wonderful. And I think it would be really cool if he were to win it for Indiana Jones. Like that's, I mean, as opposed to a new movie that yeah. he wrote the soundtrack, it would just be like, that would be such a nostalgic moment to get yeah. uh, John Williams and Indiana Jones on the stage winning an Oscar. I just think that would be, that would just be awesome. It yeah. is so cool. The uh, and I got to talk about production design. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I think the rest seem pretty like you know. There's like a ton of nominations for Oppenheimer, obviously, and Barbie, and and um, and pa or, uh, sorry, not past lives for poor things. And so, I mean, it, it was it seemed pretty standard. As there was nothing really else that really like I was like, oh my god, like this person didn't get nominated or or yeah. whatever, like. Um, um, the, one, the one really exciting moment for me was that Godzilla minus one got a nomination. I that was cool. Yeah. The first time in 70 years of Godzilla movie history that a Godzilla movie has ever been nominated for an Oscar. So I thought that, I mean, it, 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 I knew it wasn't going to be nominated for anything else. That was, I think the only thing it was even up for. So the yeah. fact that it got a nomination, I just, even if it doesn't win, uh, I, I think it should. But even if it doesn't win, I, I, I'm very excited that a, that there is a Godzilla movie in the history of Oscars now that, you know, is, is part of the history of Oscars. <laughs> I, I, we, should, we should talk about visual effects because because this is a geek podcast. That's the only True. category that actually ever has anything geek worthy to be nominated. <laughs> yeah, um, the the uh, uh, creator. I didn't see it, so. Yeah, see, I know you didn't like the movie. I don't know what the what the visual effects were like. Uh, so okay, so remember when we did our our best of and uh, hits and misses of twenty twenty three? That was my miss of twenty twenty three. Was was yeah. the crazy. the only thing that I it had going for it was the special effects. Like it, they did create a really cool world. Um, so it it makes sense to me that it would be nominated for that. I just it just bugs me when movies that I, I find are really really weak get nominations yeah <laughs> you know so i mean got, it's oh, but it's a different department like it's a department that was focused just on special effects and they did do a really good job with that so that's fine i accept um, that the others are uh obviously godzilla minus one um yep. guardians of the galaxy volume three yep. um the uh which i mean it, to me it's like interchangeable with any of the marvel movies but i mean it got nominated so that's cool yeah. um because visually Ant-Man looked pretty cool too, but I mean, it didn't do well, but no, um, no. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, yep. um, and then Napoleon, which I've never seen, but I don't know what the visual effects are like. I, saw, I saw Napoleon and it was like visually spectacular because there were a lot of battle scenes and they, you know, recreated the, the time period. Um, but I, I mean, you've sort of seen that before in other period war pieces. Like it's not, yeah. you know, it wasn't, it, it nothing about it sort of maybe go i've never seen anything like this before this is remarkable this is so cool i mean it's it's beautiful it may it you know i i guess that that makes sense but i i i will be very surprised if that wins I, i'm surprised that poor things sure. isn't in there to be honest because it's like yes. i mean because there was a lot of visual effects in that movie like it was i don't know cool. yeah you're right i i would have swapped out napoleon for poor things 100 <laughs> percent yeah so I mean, in that category, I honestly am not sure what will win. I I I really truly think, I mean, by all by bias aside, that the Godzilla movie could potentially win because the way they uh, um, incorporated Godzilla into the real world 
uh, was pretty flawless. Like it really yeah. honestly looked like he was, he was, uh, or integrated, sorry, not incorporated, but how they integrated him into the real world. It really looked like he was interacting with the humans and the, and the world that he was in for the budget that they had. I just think that was a pretty spectacular Godzilla. <laughs> no, so, cool. and, it, and it was also fairly subtle. Like it wasn't, I mean, obviously the, all of Godzilla was CG or most of it. There, that's not true. There were some, um, models that they used as well but uh but it wasn't it wasn't a cg heavy movie like it wasn't like a like a it wasn't like a guardians of the galaxy or a or a creator where you couldn't have the movie with like every scene you could tell was cg yeah. so i don't know i uh, that that's going to be an interesting category i think yeah it should be pretty cool but yeah so the oscars again they're coming up on uh, march 10th so uh Again, we'll do our our recap show of them and and how they went and and whether we thought they should have gone the way they did. So we'll go category I, by category at that point, and it'll be our maybe sixth annual a, Oscar yeah. show. Yeah, it'll be yeah, a sixth. So, yeah, um, so five just, or six. Before we move on, uh, we just have to do a quick a quick uh, note to the Razzie Award nominations that also. Oh came. yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I don't want to go through them all because the Razzies are the Razzies. But the one that really upset me this year yeah. was that uh, Indiana Jones in the uh, Dial of Destiny screenplay won or was nominated for worst screenplay of the year. I mean, I just I just rewatched the movie two days ago just because I thought, okay, I, I need to rewatch. There is no possible way that that movie was could possibly be considered the worst movie of the year. That's right, I know the worst, I, worst screenplay of the year. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't I don't understand that. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. I don't. I don't like the Razzies this year had some very weird nominations, and that was a big one. And I just think, are they just trying to be subversive? Like, are they trying to, you know, stir up controversy this year? Because it just like often often you you get it like you're like oh yeah 100 percent that was a terrible movie or that yeah. was a bad screenplay this was not in any way the worst screenplay of the year like not in any way the the creator was a far worse and it may have been up there too i don't have the list in front of me but yeah, i don't that, have it either but it should not have been on the list i'm 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 boycotting the razzies <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the razzies kind of like listen to some like some fan people you know some fans and it and the people were kind of down on it before it even came out but yeah. then when it came out everybody was I, a lot of people i saw that said oh i was kind of did went in like with really low expectations but actually really liked this movie yes. and and it kind of hurt the box office i think off the top but it was actually a great movie i thought it was like as indiana jones as it can get and it was a good yeah. i thought it was a good ending sort of movie for him i but, totally did when, when i rewatched it uh a couple of days ago it had been like that's probably like the third or fourth time I've watched it. And I feel like it keeps getting better. Like it, it totally fits. Like, I mean, to me, it's almost second to um, the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's right up there for me. I, I just thought it was such a fun story and a, and in keeping with Indiana Jones and who he is and the character and the story. And it just, I thought it was great. So yeah. that I was like, I just, I, I, I know it kind of annoyed me too. Cause I'm like, I, it was, it, it was actually a good movie. It's better than like, like, I'm not just like, Oh, I love it. So I'm, I'm going to like it, but I didn't like crystal skull. Like I watched it again. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We're not, we're not, you know, the kind of guys who no matter what Indiana Jones does, we're going to love it. No, yeah. 
No. No. But so anyway, the Razzies, they would not want to be the worst Razzies. <laughs> They're banned. Yes, out. <laughs> I'm giving the Razzies a Razzie. That's what I'm yes. doing. Never before happened. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you want to go to the pop capacitor? I'm excited. Sure, let's do that. Right, it's the pop capacitor and normally you know we look at a movie or a tv show toy whatever it is uh but this time larry had a really good idea it's to to break down and i think this will be something we might do a couple times coming in the future but a top five so yes. of whatever it is and, and you decided top five movies will be yeah. our first one that we're going to do we might do a series of these but uh so these are the top our favorite movies of all time yeah okay so which sounds which sounds pretty basic but it is way harder to come up with these. Oh my god! That you can even imagine. Not only that, but uh, so first of all, I have to say this was actually my son's idea. My son and his friend were were doing this. They were putting their top tens together, and he said, "You guys should do a a, a show about this because it's it's hard. It's hard to do." So I have to give credit to, to Sam for that. Yeah. Well, but, thank uh, him for giving me high anxiety. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so not only that, not only do we pick our top five, we were going to do top 10, but then that's 20 movies to talk about. We thought that was too much. Yeah. But then we decided we also had to rank them. So not only is it just like a list of our five movies, it is literally ranked from five to number one. So when we get to number one, that's literally our favorite movie of all time. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know. Like the, the thing with the top five is it's like, it's, this isn't the be all and end all. It is for this moment. Yeah. But it can change like it's like anybody's top five like or favorite music or whatever it is favorite album of a band it yep. just depends the kind of mood you're in and how things shift and change yes. um so we'll we'll do the top five we'll count them down we'll each do our five or four or three and then um and we'll talk just talk about the movies generically like of, of what you know why 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 they why? were what they were yeah um uh and why they're on our list and then at the end we'll we'll reveal like just like a quick kind of rapid like other movies that didn't make it but yeah. again like the full top 10 like our top 10 list yeah. kind of thing yeah like, so i've uh, like i've got a bunch but i I didn't really finish off the top 10 because i had enough time trying to do the top five it was like so <laughs> difficult because there's so many factors to look at when you're doing a top five like it's it's like so what i did was um the uh uh i had like i had put my own parameters this is what i put on my parameters yeah. um rewatchability Yep. Is, is a parameter for me. Um, yep. Do I think about it more often than I should? Yeah. Um, and then uh, do I own it? I guess yep. would be like, unless it's not available. Yep. And how has it affected my life or shaped me or had impact on me? Was sort of we my parameter. We had the same parameters. <laughs> okay. We did. And, and like, we actually had to spend a lot of time trying to figure that out because when you're coming up with your top, top list, like your top five, your top 10, you know, some people might think, are these like the best movies, like, like 10 out of 10 movies, like literally the critics choice, like the best movies that are out there, yeah. um, that sort of thing. But for, for what, what we decided was no, these are movies that impacted us. They could be like the worst movies on the planet, but for us, they, they made a, an impact. They did something for us, you know? And I, and I also, when I was talking to loop about it, I, I said, I'm also 
picturing like the classic i'm stuck on a desert island i only have five movies to yeah, bring that's with. a good way to look at it are you know are these movies that i could ha- be happily watching for the rest of my life if i only had five that's yeah. you know so it's it it is that so they're not necessarily good movies but they made an impact and they will continue to make an impact in our lives that's the other thing I, I i struggled with it too it's like okay if everyone's gonna hear my top five but i gotta like what if I like, you know what? I need this in there and I need that yeah. in there, but I'm like, yeah. it's like, I just went with it and it's yep. like, it is what it is. And there's going to be, you know, whatever's in it. Like, it's like, it, it's going to represent me. And it's, I don't think they're going to be too off, like too off kilter. Like, I think it's yep. going to be fairly good. Um, I have some generic predictions for yours. I'm not going to okay. say titles. I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say this. All right. I think you're going to have at least one or two geeky classics in there. Um, okay. I think there's going to be a war movie in there and I think there might be something music based. So that, that's just my predictions on yours. Hey. I, I could be totally wrong, <laughs> but I, I, that's just, I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. Okay. I didn't have any predictions for you, but if I have to come up with predictions off the top of my head, I'm going to say all five of your star prints. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here I'm wearing my sweater too. Right that's, now. <laughs> I'm just, that's just a prediction. I don't know if it's true, but I will tell I, you right now it, it was, a circulating preparing to not make my list, but it was circulating <laughs> up there. Like, okay. Cause how many movies did you have that you're like, okay, definitely. And then they came off the list again. Yeah, like a lot, a lot. I had to lock in at least three of them and say, okay, these are definitely on it. And then the rest of these sort of like, yeah, I, I, I totally did. I had, but the interesting thing about this is that I had movies on there that I was sure were going to be in my top five. I was like, well, they're obviously in my top five because that's yeah. like, they're just part of me. And then the more we worked on this thing, the more I realized, you know what? They're not really anymore. Like they're not where I thought they'd be, which I thought was really interesting um, yeah. when I had to break it down. So it's, it's, it, you kind of learn a little bit about yourself and your interests and how they've changed over the years. And that's why, like Luke said, this is our top five at the moment. Like they could literally change tomorrow if something else happens or you know but yeah. it's just it's just i i encourage everybody to try to do this because it is it's not nearly as easy as you think <laughs> yeah. and uh, but but it does it gives you a kind of a neat look at your life and and what what milestones like these movies hit you know what i mean because that's yeah. there are times in our lives that these things happened during and that's why they are what they are right now yeah, and there's there's some that I'm like, oh, I wish this was in my top five, but I'll mention it later on, so it's not like exactly. a big, it's not like a big deal. I, yeah. I mean, we may have some of the same ones on our list at different at different things, but I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what we have on here. I'm gonna say um, we don't. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna right now. I'm just gonna say we might, but I'm gonna say we might not. Okay. Just, There'll be a few maybe surprises on mine. Um, yeah. I, like generally, but I don't know. I think mine's gonna be pretty standard like what you might think but then i don't know we'll see we'll have to all see. right well let's let's launch let's, into it let's let's start it let's, let's okay, start with number five number five uh, on your list so let's count them down okay larry right. you go first and then i'll do mine okay number five on my list is a little movie called midnight run midnight with, run is that okay who's in that again it's robert de niro charles groden dennis oh, yeah, Freud, yeah yeah uh yeah. joe joe pantaleon uh pantaleon I can never pronounce his last name. I just call him Joy Pants. <laughs> Joey Pants is in that. Yeah. yeah, Joey Pants. 
Um, yeah, that's an interesting choice. I don't think I've ever heard you mention this movie. I, I know, and this was this was the weird thing about this whole. I have watched that movie so many times, and I probably watch it at least once a year, like without even thinking about it. It's not Just like throw it on. Oh, yeah. I, I should probably. It's you know I should probably put this on again. At least once a year, I'm like, oh, I got to put this movie back on. It's it's just so funny and it's so quotable and it's so and Yafet Kodo is just so dry and awesome. And Joey Pants, I got to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> Joey Pants to me, like his performance in in this movie as Eddie Marscone, uh, who's a bail bail bondsman, is just so natural and so like authentic. I just it, it they just created this really fun world and and Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin playing off each other the chemistry was just brilliant and I and I just I just loved this movie and it like I remember watching it in the early 90s when it came out and and just falling in love with it and I probably watched it well maybe not every year since but a lot <laughs> that's so, awesome yeah I could I could watch this movie pretty much endlessly I, I've maybe seen it once oh okay so now you got me interested in watching it again because it's been yep. like years since i've seen it like i think i saw it when it came out or like on video or whatever when it first Probably. came out but it holds um, up yeah. yeah charles groden is like one of those people that's like was really funny he was he was like so he, he had, funny. Yeah. yeah such a dry sense of humor like he just and and they just i don't know it's just it's also directed by martin breast who uh directed um uh beverly hills cop so it's okay kind of, yeah it's kind of got that vibe uh yeah. that because because uh de niro is a is a bounty hunter essentially so it's kind of a cop movie-ish yeah. thing so it, it has it has very much has a uh beverly hills cop feel to it which i also love yeah. um and yeah but anyway that so yeah that one that one is number five for me that's cool that's a great pick actually like it's it's an interesting pick yeah. yeah, just mostly because it's like I know you, but I've, I don't think I've ever heard you mention this movie. But that's the thing: there's movies in our collections that we watch that like we just don't talk about or whatever. Exactly, so. and it's not it's not really a geeky movie. Like it's not. No, like, that's fine. Yeah, it's a, it, so, yeah, but it's. I think yeah. the the love of movies alone is geeky. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Way, you know what I mean? So, all right, my number five, and this yeah. again, this this it'll be you might be surprised. It's in my top five, but okay. it's a movie you'll know like right when I say it. Clash uh, of the Titans. Of course, 1981, um, directed by uh, Desmond Davis, Harry Hamlin's in it, Lawrence Olivier, Burgess Meredith, Bobo the Owl, Medusa, <laughs> like they're all lit. Pegasus, they're all in it, and uh, it's a it's a movie for me that it was just I was getting into Dungeons and Dragons, and I loved that whole like sort of uh, swords and sandals sort of like dragons and and, and fantasy. And I, this was like my gateway into all that. And it just solidified it for me. Cause I loved everything about this movie. Like I just, and even when I, wa I watched it just last year again, um, cause Harry Hamlin was going to be at uh, one of the cons we went to. Oh, so I met him for the first time. And uh, I was like, it's just a well-written movie. Like it's, I love, it's like a quest and yes. it's just the way it's paced is cool. It's got like all these great moments with Medusa and like, I just, <laughs> it's so cool. And of yep. course, uh, um, Ray Harryhausen, like who did all the Sinbad movies, does all the the like the creatures and things, and it's just, yes. it's just, it's just one of those movies that's like, um, it, like a movie that you just can sit and watch, and I I just love it like from start to finish, and and, and like and I love the gods, and I love like there's so many elements about this movie that I love. Yeah. So here's here's my big surprise about that 
movie is that I'm surprised it's only number five for you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I, because only because you do talk about that movie a fair bit. And I so I, I would have thought that it might have been closer to number one. So I'm, <laughs> I, that's interesting. Now I'm really curious to know what movies you like more than that. Cause I thought, <laughs> I thought I that just, was it, what you like. It, it's not like the greatest movie of all time as far yeah. as like for most people, but I just, it's just the elements of it. I love. And then it's just a well, crafted story of this like this quest um yes. and also i will argue as one of the greatest villains of all time in it which is calibus which yeah. as a kid like gave me nightmares that guy is so <laughs> frightening in that movie and it's just like neil mccarthy played him and he was like so good and it's like it still to this day there's parts in that that i just think about way too much like when the um when the statue's head falls off and then the eyes open on it and yes. like, these little moments that i just are embedded into my head and I just can't stop thinking about, but just fascinated by that movie as a kid. And I still am now. I, I just, I love it. So that's, that was my Excellent. number five. Good. Good. Number five. Yeah. There you go. Moving on to number four. You ready for this one? Yep. The party. Starring oh, Peter, Peter Sellers. Sellers. Peter Sellers. You have seen it. Yeah. Oh, seen it a couple okay. times. Yep. I didn't know if you, I didn't know if you will have seen this one. This is a, a movie that I, adored like i i watch this movie way more than i probably need to but i just it's it's classic peter sellers slapstick uh just like physical comedy um but it it came out in 1968 so uh it's it stars peter sellers gavin mcleod our uh our beloved um captain Stubing. Stubing from, from the love boat um and claudine long i don't know if you pronounce it langer or long longette but um, she's in it, and it was directed by Blake Edwards. Came out in 1968, so it's yeah. an it's an older one. But it's just there's not a lot of dialogue in it. But uh, Peter Sellers uh, plays uh, a uh, actor named Harundi V. Bakshi, and he's just a bumbling oaf. Like he means well. He's just ex you know excited to be an actor in a movie. And Gavin McLeod is the director of this movie, and essentially he ruins this movie like he just he wrecks it he <laughs> i don't want to give it too much away in case people want to watch these movies but he wrecks his movie anyway he by some weird circumstance ends up being invited to a like a an industry party like a party that the director was or the producer of the movie was hosting at his house yeah in inadvertently becomes a guest at this party so he's <laughs> totally out of place this is like a super wealthy, like richy rich party. And this bumbling actor dude is just there. And it's just like gag after gag after gag. And I, I mean, I've seen it so many times and it, for whatever reason, it still makes me laugh. And it's just, I mean, it's culturally inappropriate. I need to say that right now because Peter Sellers is playing um, like a, um, a Middle Eastern actor, but yeah. You know, he's got brown makeup on it. So it's culturally not appropriate anymore, but um, it probably wasn't at the time. But <laughs> it's just, I mean, Peter Sellers is just so brilliant. I just, I really like him. And this one is just classic Sellers. And I, and I, and I love it and I watch it a lot. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> yeah, I've seen it and I, it was, it's really good. Like I, I watched it years ago, but um, so I can't remember details of it, but I remember watching it and going, this is actually a really funny movie. It's very well done. And it's like, and, and again, Peter Sellers, another like typecast as the Pink Panther, you know, as as Inspector Clouseau. And then um, and this movie, some I actually had a chance to see him in doing something else. And yes. he was he was he's he was a funny guy. Like he was well, like just such a good actor. 
yeah he's like his his comedy is subtle but really funny like really effective <laughs> and this one is just like i said there's not a lot of dialogue it's just a lot of watching him trying to bumble through this party <laughs> it's just great <laughs> i love it that's, that's my awesome. number that's my number four number four yeah. all right my number four is uh, Lost Highway by David Lynch. Oh, interesting. Right. 1997, Bill Pullman, Patricia Arquette, uh, uh, Balthazar Getty, and uh, Robert Blake, who has had a bit of <laughs> some running with the law. But, yes. <laughs> but Balthazar Getty, whatever happened to him? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's Bell, the David Lynch Vortex or something. I'm not yes. sure. But he, uh, <laughs> um, I love David Lynch and you know that. And it's like, and I picked this movie specifically because I liked him into the, going into this movie. But as soon as this movie came out, it just solidified my love for David Lynch. Like it was just, it had all the David Lynch elements in it that are in a lot of his movies. Like they're always like a dark sort of look at like, if, if you looked in the mirror and you saw the opposite of what you were and it's just, um, he's just so many like surreal things in these movies and, I, and I love his the, his style. And to me, David Lynch is the first director that I've liked that's an actual artist. Mm -hmm. Like he's not just a director. He's like he's like he's got a vision and and like and like in like an art, you can't explain what it means. And he won't even say, "Oh, this is what this means." He he won't say it. It's yeah. that it's up to you to take it and you decide what you think this movie means. And you can go online and watch breakdowns of all his movies of from people, but it and they're all different because everybody has sort of a different feel of, of each of them but i just something about lost highway i loved i love the 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 again like the dual sort of personalities of um of patricia arquette and like there's two different worlds almost like a dark world and it's like it's just like yeah it's just like holding a mirror up to ourselves and seeing sort of a darker side of ourselves that we didn't hadn't seen before but uh it's, it's like and again like you know how i like twin peaks and and i love a racer head and i like all those but this yes. one just for me was like the first like kind of like uh movie after post twin peaks where i was kind of really getting into him where i just like this is like solidified it just had that darkness and that yeah again like surreal and i'm like i love a movie where i go in and i'm like i don't know what's going on in this but <laughs> i love but i love it because i don't and i can i can decide what i think is going on and i and he sort of lays it out and that sort of like the weirdness and the quirkiness of of um even like of twin peaks but of the quirkiness of of the way david lynch directs yeah. is so cool so I, um i definitely I, I i struggled with like the lynch movies because i kind of put them all on like mulholland drive would probably be up here too but um this is the one that really like solidified david lynch for me was uh, was lost highway as far as like the, i i he could direct forever and i'd still go watch everything he does like it's so yes. good <laughs> yeah i i have known that about you for as long as i've known you that you are a, a, a lynchian <laughs> yes <A> lin <laughs> <laughs> um i that doesn't surprise me I, I we you have talked to me about this movie before and i've seen it and i think you actually made me watch it so i think that's <laughs> what i saw um i like lynch as well but i'm more of his a mainstream like i like blue velvet and elephant man um like more of his sort of straightforward like straight I mean, story yeah, not not more. Maybe uh, um, Blue Velvet wasn't exactly straightforward, but it was it was a bit more. But but I definitely understand the appeal of this. Like it's it, like being able to choose your own adventure kind of thing. Like figuring out what this means. That's that's pretty cool. Like I yeah. think that that's a really cool thing. There's just so much surreal stuff in his things that are just so weird and like like you can't even describe them. And, and the characters are all kind of weird. And I love his 
his when he directs his sense of of space and Wes Anderson does this a little bit too but just like lines don't have to be rapid fire like he'll stay on a scene with two people barely like barely saying anything and it's the it's the space that he creates between lines and that that actually make it creepier or like like more tension because yeah. he's just really good at playing with space and and, and objects and, and sound he's one of the first directors i knew that really used like bizarre sounds or everyday sounds to make them creepy like a ceiling fan is suddenly yeah. creepy uh, like it's like yes. you know what i mean like it's just yes. he sees things and things that like other people don't and it's like and plays with claymation and things like that are weird like kind of odd like art forms and, 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 and painting and, and things that are just other people don't. And it, it's just so awesome. But anyway, that's my number four lost highway, 1997. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. Moving right along to our third pick. So this is our top three. Now we're in our top three. Oh, top three. Okay, this is the one that you may be surprised about. Okay. It is star Wars. Yeah. The, the phantom menace. Really? Okay. Yes. And I surprised myself with this one quite honestly, because so over, over all the other movies, this one was the all, one that you, okay. Yeah. Over all, but it doesn't other, necessarily mean the other ones aren't in here. Like it's just like, we don't know. The, number, number one and two. I'm, just, I'm just saying this, but this, I, I, I surprised myself by having it in my top five, not like let alone my top three, but, but I was thinking about it and, and, you know, cause I mean, I thought I initially thought, well, a new hope is going to be in there. Like, of course, a New Hope is going to be in my top 10 because I'm a massive Star Wars fan. And that was the first one. And I've been watching that one for 40 plus years, you know, yeah. so of course that one's got to be in there. But then I was thinking more about it and realized. So when the first Star Wars movie came out, I was six years old. So I, there was no hype for me. It was just like a movie that was coming out. And, it, you know, I my mom took me to see it and I loved it. And it became like a a an obsession obviously but leading up to it it was just i didn't know anything about it it was just i went to yeah. see it um and then the other two uh empire and and uh jedi there was obviously more hype but i was still pretty young so i wasn't you know there was no social media there wasn't uh, you know so it was exciting that they were coming and i got to play with the toys and play with my friends with the toys and all of that stuff but the difference between those ones and phantom menace is that there was 26 year there was a 26 year gap between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. So by in that amount of time, we became like huge Star Wars fans. Like right. we were, you know, that was Star Wars was our thing. And and you know, we had had those three movies, but that's all we had at the time. We had the books, but we didn't have anything else. So we were huge Star Wars fans and loved it. And then all of a sudden it was coming back again. And there was like several years, at least a couple of years of hype. Uh, you know, when they first announced it and then making it and then trailers and teasers. And so the excitement building up to a Phantom Menace was unlike anything I had experienced with Star Wars before that. Right. Yep. And so and you I mean, we saw it together. It was came out in 1999. Um, we saw it together and it was just like mind blowing. It's not the best movie. Like this is one of those that it is. It's not the best of the star Wars movies, you know, by a long shot sometimes, Yeah. but it just, it made such an impact on me. Like first seeing Darth Maul, like that was, he was the coolest villain I'd yeah. ever seen. I mean, Darth, Darth Vader was cool, but this guy was awesome. And <laughs> um, music, um, you know, uh, duel of the fates, that played when Darth Maul was on that piece of music was like just rocked my world. And then, 
um, and then, I mean, not only that, but you and I went to see it. Uh, and then this was it. That's that when we started the same day, we like drove across the border to see. Yeah, it. we saw it and, again. <laughs> so we've never like that's that never happened with the first three. Like we'd see them in the theater and, you know, probably saw them once or twice or whatever it was. But we were so into this. Like this was such a big moment in our lives that Loop and I like went to see it on opening night. Like the first show opening night, like seven o'clock, I guess, and then literally like got in the car, and or maybe it was like an an afternoon show. I can't even remember. Got in the car, drove across the border mm -hmm. to watch it again in Michigan in the states. So that yeah, I don't know why we did that. I don't know why we did that, but we did it because we wanted to say that we watched it on opening day in two different countries on the same <laughs> like on the same day. And, and, and remember too, this is back when we, you couldn't reserve seats. Like you oh, had yeah. to wait. And I remember for one, and I don't know which one it was, but we waited like forever. Like yeah. I, and I totally remember that. No, uh, on top of which, it was one of the first dates I ever took my wife to. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> she, she was with us when we went to see it. So that was something, too. But, yeah, it was just – so I realized that, like, when I go back to watch a Star Wars movie on Disney Plus or whatever, I most often, quite honestly, pull that one up. And and it's because of the hype. Like, the the pod race – uh the pod racing was so cool and and it still holds up like the special effects still hold up all of that stuff and so i i find that i tend to gravitate towards that particular movie when i'm gonna watch a star wars movie just out of the blue so i i had to i had to make the call and that's why phantom wow. is in my top three because it was so impactful like it was such a huge lead up and it was so exciting and i don't think we've had that like I mean, there was a gap between um, uh, I know what was the third third in that trilogy called. Um, oh, um, I don't know why I can't. All I can think of like, the Force Awakens, but <laughs> yeah, no, but the, but there's so there was a yeah. gap between that one and the Force Awakens. So there was excitement there again, but it wasn't the same level. Like it wasn't, no. you know, when the J.J. Abrams movies movie came out, it just it wasn't the same level of hype. There was a lot of hype and a lot of like anticipation and excitement. But it, for some reason, it just wasn't quite the same as there was after 26 years of waiting for. And I think part of it was that we weren't expecting it. Like yeah. we didn't we we didn't know that that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, what? We get more. So, yeah. So that's that's why it's made my top three. Yeah, the uh, I, we definitely need to do a top five Star Wars movies, I think, yeah. at some point. Like it's a but the. um uh, And again, yours could change based on like when 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 we do it. But the. uh yep. uh for me, um, the one thing about that movie that I, I loved was, I mean, there were, there were some very like big moments in it. Of course, Darth Maul was awesome and all that. Um, yeah. But it was the first time we had seen any extra Star Wars, like like the, the like the universe continue. Yeah, yeah. Like even though it was a prequel, but it was still like new content that we had never seen, That's and right. so it made it way more exciting than because it was like, wow, that finally like someone's taking this universe and, and doing something with it like this like considering how popular star wars was it, it surprised me no one had done anything with it but yeah. and i don't know whether it was just because lucas didn't want anything done with it or i don't know what, what the whole reasoning was but um all we had was the star wars christmas special and yeah. that was all we had for anything extra for yes. star wars like yeah. and so i mean except, it, for the, except for the books like the but the books are a different yeah. thing. CBC. But but again, like it's it was so great. And then but I remember, yeah, the hype was insane. And I and I like that movie. I think it's a it's a great movie. And it's like I don't know if I'd rank it as my top, but it was definitely up there, like yeah, for sure. It just I, yeah, I but that one that was my surprise that 
that I surprised myself by how high up it ranked. On my yep. list. That's there awesome. Three for me. What's what's number three for you? Number three for me is Pulp Fiction, 1994. Okay. Interesting. I was blown away by Pulp Fiction when it came out. I don't know because it was non-linear. Like it was like you're jumping around. There's this, I can't think of a movie that has like a cooler, first of all, cool soundtrack, cool actors, yeah. cool setup, cool stories. Um, like it, it like quotable, like to death. Yeah. Um, it, it just became part of my fabric at the time. Like I, and it was like, I'd seen like, you know, movies like Taxi Driver and Scorsese movies and stuff, but I never, that was the first movie that really got me into um, like a, just a different way of thinking about movies and a grittier sort of movie than the ones that had been presented to me in the past. Yep. And uh, I just, I don't know what, I saw it like, I think five or six times at the theater at the time. I just couldn't stop seeing it. I didn't yep. know about anything else at that time. I was all in on Pulp Fiction. Yes. And I, I just, <laughs> I loved it. And it was just so cool. And uh, I, and because of Tarantino's like love of movies, it made my love of movies even bigger because yeah. I was like, this guy's so excited about it. I need to be excited about it because I don't want to be left behind in that. And, and it got me more into like the exploitation movies and black exploitation movies and all these like subgenres that I had never really watched a lot of, but I got more into those. And it, I think it all like, like comes off of that movie. Like, I mean, I might've been into some of that at the time. I can't quite remember, but um, definitely that movie was a kickstart again for me and uh, for my love of movies. Like I just Travolta and like Samuel L. Jackson and like Samuel Jackson has been playing that character for the last like 30 years. Like, yeah. still, like he's never really left it. Like, no. even though, like, uh, like it just Tarantino's eye for these older actors and being able to put them into something and make like create this movie. And, and you're like Travolta's cool again. Like it was yeah. just and too and so cool. Like, and just every scene was like, something was cool about every scene in that movie. There's not a scene in it where I'm like, Oh, I don't like this scene. It's like, everything's got something cool about it. Like, so. And the, and the fact that there's multiple stories that they're telling, like they're telling Bruce Willis's story and, and um, uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's story and, and all of these different stories, but every one of them is intriguing. Like they, you, yeah. you follow all of them. There wasn't a, a character that was dull. Like none no. of them were dull, but, but you're right. It totally reintroduced like, um, t um, um, oh my gosh. Now I just forgot his name. The dancer, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's partner. Oh, uh, like, um, Travolta. Travolta. My gosh. Yes. Uh, Travolta's <laughs> career was pretty much non-existent before that movie. Like it yeah, he, he did like the baby like talk, who's talking to or something or whatever. Yeah, like, like nothing. Yeah, like he was he was sort of a forgotten entity at that point. And then he brought them back, but he just he he knew so much Tarantino about movies. And yeah. I don't think we had ever seen a movie based on like the coolness of movies. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And the like the grindhouse stuff. And he was he's just so knowledgeable about it. But just the way he wrote, like nobody had ever written movies with dialogue like that. Like no. we had just never seen you know, and that's we'd never seen movies before like like that one. It was just I took I totally agree. That one was a struggle for me not to put in my list. It is not in my list, and it was a real struggle because I yeah. Was... And, and, and like think of all the movies that came out after Pulp Fiction that were trying to be like Pulp Fiction. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it, it it just went on forever. Like it was just 
like everybody had to have a movie like like a Pulp Fiction movie. And and Reservoir Dogs, even though it came out before, obviously before that, I'd never seen it until Pulp Fiction came out. And then I had this renewed interest for Tarantino. And then I discovered um, Reservoir Dogs after and that because Reservoir Dogs wasn't like a huge movie or anything. No, Pulp Fiction it. was a huge movie. Like that was the one that really just launched them into like into pulp Super culture. <laughs> like, but yeah. um, yeah. his newer movies. Right. I, some of them are I like I like elements of all his new movies, but some of them are like, um, like with the Hateful Eight, like which I was super excited about. Is sometimes he's into his own writing almost too much. He needs a bit of an editor on some of his stuff, but <laughs> but still, he's always got something cool to to give us in every movie. So, but anyways, Pulp Fiction that was my number three. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. All right, so um, number twos. So number two is not going to be overly surprising, I think, after my Star Wars uh, pick at number three. I'm going uh, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark okay. at number two uh, because it's Indiana Jones. <laughs> and yeah. like the, the, the more I sort of age, the more I realize that Indiana Jones, the whole Indiana Jones franchise is on par with me, with, on par with Star Wars for me. I mean, I'm like obviously a, a diehard Star Wars guy, and I I love everything about it, and I my life revolves around Star Wars essentially. But really, Indiana Jones is equally as important to me. I think the only difference is there's not as much of it. Um, yeah. You know, now we have Star Wars TV shows, and there was all the movies and everything else. For the longest time, we only had the original trilogy, and those ended like mid eight nineteen eighties. Um, then there was the un young Indiana Jones Chronicles and things like that, but those weren't quite the same. There was no Harrison Ford, although he was yeah. in one episode. But so there just wasn't as much like content uh, for Indiana Jones, which is why I I had thought that it wasn't quite as big for me. But then I realized no, it's it's on par. Like I I absolutely I I could not live without my Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I mean, I still like, I, I love all three of the original trilogy. Um, but it's just, the, the first one is still will always be like just one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. And it still yeah. is, and it still holds up and the, like everything about it, the sound effects, the whip cracking, the, the locations, the time frame, like it, the, when it takes place and it's just, it's just so, and just the cool factor, like he's just so cool. Harrison yeah. Ford is just awesome. It's not about Harrison Ford. Like, I mean, you, you loved him as Han Solo, but then it's like all of a sudden he's got this new character. You're like, this guy's like super cool. Like, there's just everything yes. about him is like so awesome. And it's like, um, I don't know. Indiana Jones, Raiders is such a great, great film. Like, it's just, it's just top to bottom, right? Like, from the beginning, it's just, uh, like a great story, a, a cool setup. It's just, uh, and I love like the whole 1930s sort of aesthetic or whatever of these like serial sort of movies that they were kind of playing off of. So yes, and and the other cool thing about him about these movies is, and and it's something that I didn't even know about until much later after watching them, is that there are little nods to Star Wars in them because George Lucas was a producer. So like, there's like, it's it's it it doesn't take itself too seriously like you know yeah. i mean in in um in uh temple of doom uh, at one point they they're driving down a street and they pass club obi-wan um with a big huge marquee like a big huge sign that says yeah. club obi-wan um r2 and c3po are actually little hieroglyphics in the first movie in raiders of the lost ark when he's uh, looking for the ark uh if you look carefully you can see r2d2 and c3po carved into 
the hieroglyphic wall behind him. It's things like that are just like those are Easter eggs that didn't like we didn't even know that Easter eggs were a thing at the time. Yeah. So we didn't even know. So even like years later, we're still discovering little things <laughs> like that <laughs> that were hidden in this in this movie. So I mean, as far as rewatchability goes, there's there's lots of reasons to rewatch, re and it's just it's just awesome. And I think that's I think that's why both of us liked uh, um, Dial of Destiny so much because yeah. it felt it felt most like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like of all the movies that have come out, uh, yeah. I I feel like that one was closer to Raiders. Um, and that's why I really like it a lot because it had that same sort of feel, even though it was like 30 years later, but like, but they did do the flashback of him and they de-aged him and it it looked awesome. So amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is my number two pick for movies there. That's all. That's a great pick. Um, my number two is Halloween 1979 or 78. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I love John Carpenter and I, and I, this movie is like for horror movies for me is like the, the be all and end all of horror movies. Like it's like um, there's other horror movies I love, like that could have probably dabbled in the top five. Uh, but this one was one, like it's just, I love the whole idea of Michael Myers. I love, I love the indie feel of this movie. Yeah. Like it's not a big budget, like horror movie. It's um, it's pretty simplistic. Like he escaped, Michael Myers escapes, goes after his like, goes back to the Myers house it's just it's that in that sense it's very simplistic but for something so cheap to make he the scares are there and it's is such a and it's got like a uniqueness to it too it's like where Michael Myers is uh um you know he's hangs a person or dresses like puts a a, whatever like a blanket over and puts glasses on like he's he's almost (laughs) childlike in a way as well as he's a killer and yeah. so it just, I don't know. It's just the music, like the John Carpenter, like the, the soundtrack was awesome. The sound effects he uses. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things in it, like from that pumpkin shot at the start where they're yeah. zooming in, like, it's just, there's so much style to it for such a, like a simple movie really. But um, John Carpenter to me is like, again, a, a, someone that can make something out of like zero budget, you know what I mean? And, and make it work. And this movie just has a huge impact on me. Like I still, watch it today and i just that the first one not the one not the one where uh like way later on like you know like the the later halloweens but yes. kind of watered it down a bit but i still yeah. love them but uh, i love the character of michael myers but the uh but the first one to me is like just a a, a classic one of the first like really good slasher films and yeah. uh i don't it's, it's hard to beat uh to me it's just it I think about it way too much. Like I think yeah. about like just the, the whole, the whole idea of it. I think about a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the other cool thing about it was that it was so scary because it was so confined. Like a lot of, like a lot of the action happened inside Laurie Strode's house. Yeah. You know I mean? so, like it was claustrophobic and, and could like, could really have, I mean, not Michael Myers was a bit of a, uh, supernatural being kind of, but I mean, like later on, he was later on in that movie, like standalone without seeing the other ones, you'd be like, this could happen. Like the, like the boogeyman could be a thing. Like this guy, like for years after I, I always like checked my windows to make sure I was looking if I was by myself, like, because I, I thought of that movie and it it had a huge impact on me because it was, it was very realistic. It was like when she's trapped in her closet, like that's terrifying. Like there's no way out. Like there's, yeah. she's in her closet and he's right outside. There's no escape. Like those kinds of things were absolutely terrifying, but, but you're right. It was such an easy thing, like not expensive. Like it's a closet. 
but the yeah. scare and the way he shot that and the way it made you feel was so unique and so and it still is it still holds up like it's still scary <laughs> yeah it's just one of those movies that just i loved and and i love john carpenter and i own all his movies and i just he's just a director i just like just there's something simplistic again about his movies that i just i just love and, and the characters and the way he shoots and everything else is just uh he's awesome yep i i completely agree that's that's an excellent pick number two yeah all right so we are up to our number one movie of our of all time as of this moment right yeah. okay yeah. so my number one movie as of this moment right now is kill bill and that is kill bill that's kill but i but i'm including both volumes kill bill yeah, volume yeah. One. it's it's a it's one movie basically it's, like, yeah i'm not yeah it doesn't complete the story after volume one so i yeah. have to include both as one kill bill is like to me almost a perfect movie like virtually perfect <laughs> in every way it is the the story is so compelling um the way it's shot like visually it's vibrant like there's a lot of cool colors like I, I feel like it's almost like a comic book movie that was not based on a comic yeah right? like if you think about it like that like it looks it's like it's like anime it reminds me of anime like it's like yeah, it's yes exactly so it feels like that it feels like a comic book world that was not based on a comic book because it's surreal like it's it's surreal like the violence is surreal um the the way they they move like that whole scene with uh, Uma Thurman, sorry, the, before I go on any further, this came out in 2003 and 2004. Uh, yeah. So that's, it's, it's old. <laughs> like, yeah. It's been around for a long time. Um, but uh, the, the scene with Uma Thurman fighting the crazy 88 in the. Such House a good of, scene. House I had to watch this again. You got me all excited it's, about it. <laughs> it's just so crazy. and But it's so over the top. Like it's the whole movie is over the top, but it's not unbelievable. Like, yeah. I mean, Uma Thurman is literally fighting. 88 yakuza like like japanese like assassins with swords and manages to kill all of them except for one <laughs> like that ordinarily that would be ridiculous you'd be like that's just dumb like this is but somehow he pulls it off and makes you believe that she actually has the skills to do this and it's so cool and you totally root for her and that's the other thing is that you do genuinely like want her to get her revenge you want the bride to get her revenge and she just slowly makes her way through the the uh deadly viper de what do they call the deadly viper squad yeah deadly five something like that in order to get to bill to kill bill um yeah. and it's just and it's just brilliant like it's just the music again it's tarantino i i've decided after all of these lists tarantino is my favorite director it was really hard for me not to populate my whole top five with tarantino movies because i easily could have put a pulp fiction on there um i easily could have put um once upon a time in hollywood because i love love that movie um but but really kill bill is is to me it's it's just perfect i in fact it's so good that i've i have like over the years collected multiple versions back in the day we used to collect all the star wars like anytime star wars would come out yeah. on media i've done that with kill bill so i've got uh, a, a box set from korea i've got the um the unrated or the the special edition from japan which has that crazy 88 scene in color um, oh that's cool in in north american cinemas it had to be shot it had to be converted to black and white because the censors thought that there was too much blood 
Yeah. And so they had to convert it to black and white, but in Japan, they kept it in color. So I managed to track down a copy of that. So I've got the color version. Um, I've got, uh, you know, blue, I've got steel books. I've got, I've, plus I've got uh, uh, the bride's sword and Bill's sword and Bud's sword. <laughs> All three swords. <laughs> and Bill's sword is actually signed by David Carradine. I, he was in town and I met him and he signed. But That's I just, wild. So it's Kill Bill is 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 it for me? Like I just I I could watch that movie over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's so good. I, that, again, like Tarantino was like just like his homages to things, and, and he and he just kind of took the best of other other things and and was able to create his own like original movie out of it. Like, and it's just, it's so cool. Um, and again, everything he touched was cool. Like, it's just there's a coolness to everything he touches, and it's like I don't know what it is, how he does it, or whatever I mean, but you, you can't see it behind me because this is part of my movie collection but there is a tarantino section yes in here. I don't know yeah i think it's yes. down i think it's the uh, the uh, this way i think over but i have a tarantino section with all his movies and stuff but it's like so, so good, good. I mean, the, the fact that in this movie he he brought out the theme the theme song to the green hornet tv show from the 60s and put it into one of the scenes where Uma Thurman is driving, riding her her motorcycle through through to- or Tokyo or through yeah. Tokyo. It's just like that's a really cool piece of music that nobody had even thought about in decades because the the show was from the '60s. But he found this piece of music and revitalized it and gave it new life. And it's just it's just so you realize how cool movies are when you watch yeah. it. Tina movie because <clears throat> because he does bring look like right at the beginning of of Kill Bill Volume One, um, before the opening scene, he puts the Shaw Brothers logo, like the actual Shaw Brothers logo, at the beginning of the movie. The Shaw Brothers uh, made a lot of uh, um, like karate move, like uh, kung yeah. fu movies uh, back in the day, and so he somehow got this their actual logo animation and that's what starts this movie exactly from the original like not doctored or anything it's just there like it so you know right off the top that he's paying homage to all of these classic films that you know that inspired him and now they've inspired us to go and watch them <laughs> because they're just it's the what he does with movies is just unbelievable i think the uh, I read his um book. Uh, it's called a book, um, Larry. It's got pages and stuff in it, and you read it. Um, it's called yeah, a Cinema know. Speculation, and it, so what he does, he breaks down all these different movies, and it's like you're reading it, and you're like, I got to see these movies. Like they're just, and a lot of them are like low budget or like these kind of gritty crime movies, and and uh, he, he was watching movies from day one and going to theaters and sneaking into R rated movies, and his his mom would bring him into R rated movies, and. So he had he had like so a lot of those movies, especially in this book, are ones that really inspired him to do what he does. But he uh, he's pretty funny. Like the book's actually quite interesting as he breaks these movies down because he doesn't hold back on whether he likes somebody's performance or didn't or whatever. But like just the look of um, Uma Thurman, like her outfit, the yellow outfit is so iconic. Uh, it's just yeah, that's a great pick. Like I well, just that, that, that yellow outfit is the same outfit that Bruce Lee wore in. Enter yes, the that's Dr- right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's even things like that. Like, he just, he brought that directly from the Bruce Lee, iconic Bruce Lee outfit and put it on Uma Thurman. I mean, I don't know how many people even would have known that. (laughs) But those are the little things. Well, that's how he did it so well, because most people wouldn't, because that's, if you see that outfit, you associate with her before you even associate it with him. So it's just so good. So good. good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Here you go. 
All right, my number one, and this is one, this is actually going to be a surprise for you. This is a movie that uh, it came out in 1981. I've, I've absolutely loved it uh, my whole life. It's called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you, may have, you may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. And uh, okay. I, 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 to, I was trying I, to hold back my excitement when you said it at number two. I, I literally thought you were going to say Night Patrol. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was 100% sure that was going to happen. <laughs> Even though Night Patrol is one of my favorite movies of all time, yes. but, it's like, but it's not a good movie. Um, okay. If there's a secret shame category, that would be in, in my in that, but uh, yes. number one. But yeah, I, I tried to hold back on Raiders a little bit because it did have so much impact on me. It was just like everything from like the, the real stunts, like the like everything they did in that movie was just like like a masterpiece like in the pacing of it's perfect to me like it, it, to me it's like a perfect movie like it, it's it's just got the pacing's great like the whole snake scene was yes. so cool it still creeps me out to this day even when i watch it now and i know they've got glass in between them and whatnot yeah. it still like creeps me out like it's just it was just so cool like and, and then that, the music like you cannot beat the indiana jones theme i think i to me that's i like that better than star wars to be to yeah. be honest like there's just I, I, something about it. It has like a, a full adventure feel to it. And it's just, it's so good. And also, and this is like a little unknown fact, uh, you'll know it, um, is that I, uh, in high school, did all these like these uh, movies, in high school movies, and you've seen them, yeah. um, where I played like an Indiana Jones character named Harrison McKeon, um, yes. <laughs> who was basically a, a mix between James Bond and, and Harrison McKeon. So I was like, worked for I the government. Support but yeah. I had to go find artifacts and like things like the lost city, you know, or whatever, like these, like yeah. all these crazy things. And they're, they were terrible, but kind of fun at the same time. And, and awesome. but I was, but I was like, like, that's how much impact it had on me because that was, I even looked like Indiana Jones in it, yes. like almost like, directly looked like him. Like it was like, a, like it wasn't even any way of me trying not to look like him. Like it was just a, it was yeah. crazy. Like, so yeah. anyways, huge impact on me. I just like, there's just so much about it. I just, it was just, a, again, like almost like a perfect movie to me. I can watch it over and over again. During the pandemic, it played at one of our local theaters. I went and saw it again on the big screen. And each time I see it, I notice something I didn't notice before, which is to me, something that's great about any movie that every time you watch it, there's like, I didn't see that before. I didn't notice that or like, it's like, so anyways, awesome. And, and the thing that you, you just mentioned is that all the effects are physical. Like there was yeah. no CG. So everything you're watching actually happened. I mean, there's obviously some miniatures, so not everything is life-size, but everything is real. Like there's like when a, when a truck blows up, it's really blowing up. When 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 Harrison Ford is being dragged underneath uh, yeah. a a truck, it's not necessarily him, but there is a guy being dragged underneath a truck as it's driving. I like other it, than the ghosts at the end, like like the, uh, oh, yeah. the spirits. Other than that, like it's the, like the the stunts are all phys are, are like real. It's just oh, like that real. that part. I mean, but and even at that, like even watching, remember watching it for the first time, and you're like that whole scene with the ghost, and the one comes right at him, and then their yes. face turns all like like that freaked me out at the time. Yes. Like it but, was crazy. But, but the thing is, is that those are like real, like or either either they were drawn or they were real figures that were like shot and then and then superimposed over the over yeah. the image so there's still like there's no computer involved with them <laughs> you know and that's yeah everything like the whole melting the face like yeah. that was like like a real like i figured out how to melt a face <laughs> <It's> so crazy <laughs> like it was it was just 
every element of that movie is just awesome like yeah it, it, I, it had yeah. to be on my top and then it was like it was number one and then you did it number two and i was like i like I, so i just I, so i held back a bit because i knew i was gonna Fair be enough. talking about it a little bit but so yeah. i'm just gonna like review again uh my top five clash of the titans at five then lost highway pulp fiction raider or sorry halloween and then raiders of the lost ark yep. yours was midnight run the party star wars phantom menace raiders of the lost ark and kill bill that's right yeah. That's awesome. I, so those are solid lists. Yeah, they're solid. they're good lists. And then like again, like they all have impact on us one way or another. But there was probably movies that were left off that yeah. you're like, oh my god, I like I there's got to be a way to fit this movie on this list, but I can't. So yeah. what were some of yours that you that were on your list, um, like, it, but didn't make it on for? Whatever. So I I actually have a top ten. Uh, the first oh, okay. Yep, the first block of five are not in order, but they're yep. there. So the the to round out my top ten, I had Harold and Maud. I don't know if you've. Ever seen I think for some reason I thought that would have been in your top five, and I don't know why. It was, but I... it was really close. Like it was that was one of those. I was very sad to bump it out because I watched that movie a lot as well. So Harold yeah. and Maud, starring Bud Court and Ruth Gordon from 1971, one of the darkest comedies you'll ever see. Also, one of the greatest love stories you'll ever see great great soundtrack really good um dark crystal oh yeah is in my top 10 i love jim jim henson uh and that movie made a massive impact on me from 1982 i was 11 years old <clears throat> huge i still watch it all the time so much so Dark. that you love the series as well that yeah you made me, I, that uh, you made me watch um <laughs> yeah yeah just, just the movie just the movie i like i just like the movie uh harry potter and the philosopher's stone i'm okay. a huge huge harry potter fan i love harry potter and that was a very exciting movie for me goodfellas yeah. robert de niro ray liotta can't say more than that i mean that's it's, it's classic and uh rounding up the top 10 is easy rider uh, oh peter, yeah I, yeah i, I yeah, remember you were a big fan of that huge peter fonda dennis hopper from 1969 one of the greatest uh encapsulation of the 60s culture uh that i think has ever been put on film uh, it was yeah. one of the first it was one of the first appearances if not no it wasn't the first but it was one of the first uh for jack nicholson uh yeah. he was he was in that movie too and the soundtrack is phenomenal and it's just it's such a strong movie that so that rounds up my top 10 those okay. are my top 10. um mine i think i've got like my rest of my five i didn't really officially do it but I, i've got the ones i think would be on it okay. um they're uh but again these could be on or off or whatever but um right. return of the jedi was okay, going to yeah. be on there and i just yeah. i for whatever reason that's my favorite star wars movie and i don't know why i just it's <laughs> even though I, the reason i say i don't know why because i know a lot of people would say empire over that yeah. one in that but I there's something about that movie I just love. I just love the way it's set up. I love the I love Jabba's palace. Like I just yes. it was it was such a great great movie. Um, right. Play of the Apes. Oh, like the, the original. original. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know why, but it's just it, that I get caught up in that movie every time I watch it. Yeah. Um, Do the right thing would have oh. been in there. Like Spike Lee. I just there's something just like politically charged about that movie and just so i like this is like one of the first times i'd seen spike lee's style and and i just there's something about it i loved yeah. um uh the holy grail oh right like yes. a movie that was like you know they barely were able to make i think i can't remember there's a couple like musicians that helped like it was like led zeppelin or somebody helped like fund it but it was uh so good like it was just like i i again very quotable yeah like the comedy of, of monty python was all in that i loved it yeah. um 
and then uh the exorcist would have been in there probably oh, as well yes yes but the yeah, uh, I, again another like almost perfect horror movie to me like, yeah. but and, more and supernatural obviously like then this is the thing is that i had totally forgotten about the monty python like when i was coming up with my list for some reason it uh, the meaning of life would have would have been in there for me um, I but there's so many movies. Like there's so I many. Know. Movies. The pick five is almost ridiculous because it's, there's just like so much. Like I, I like Purple Rain would have been like I, I played with that one not because I, it's a great movie, but because it just has impact on me because I'm a huge Prince fan. So yeah, but I don't I'm know. Actually, that was I was sure that was going to be in your top five. No, I, I, I it was very close. It was close. It was again. There's about seven that were kind of dangling around that were in there. Like. Yeah. But I mean, like even like a New Jack City could have possibly been. But again, like I was looking at back at some of the movies and stuff that were like, you know, like Conan and all these other movies. Lord yeah. of the Rings could have possibly been in there. Like I had so I many. Just, I was just going to say, neither of us chose Lord of the Rings. When those movies came out, you and I were just, we we literally, at, at one point, somebody asked us what the best movie trilogy of all time was. And we both agreed, even though we are huge, massive Star Wars fans, we yeah. both agreed that the Lord of the Rings trilogy was the best. I still think it's better than Star Wars as far as, I, as, as I, a solid trilogy. I, I think it's like. I agree. But it, but for some reason, it didn't make either of our lists, which is interesting. But again, because we're only picking five and it's like, yeah. it's, 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 I hard. mean, it was in there at one point and then it yeah. dropped out. And again, yeah. like the five I gave before that could have been like the, anything could have been in that. that exactly. Uh, like, I, I also had in my bigger list, I had like Back to the Future. Yeah, I had that uh, on mine as well. Yeah. Um, Batman Returns. I had uh, Batman. I had yeah. mine. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I also had Apocalypse Now. It didn't make it to my list. You, you thought I'd have a war movie in there. Yeah, Apocalypse I thought it, would, it was going to be one for sure. Yeah. Apocalypse Now did make my bigger list, but it wasn't in there. But um, True Romance, another Tarantino. Oh, such, film. That's but another great one. So I, I had uh, like Clockwork Orange was in my. Oh, right. Yes. Um, P- uh, Pee-wee's big, I know Pee-wee's big adventure. Yes. Um, uh, like I even had like Willy Wonka, like in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I don't know why. Like the original, yes. the fog, yeah. the thing. Like I just had like the birds. I love the birds. Like I, yeah. like Hitchcock's birds. Like I just, yeah. I like it better in Psycho to be honest. But it's like that's it's so good. good. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, that's the thing. Like it, you know, I mean, it, it sounds easy enough to just come up with your top five, but there because there are so many movies you watched over the course of your life. It's if you really sit down and try to do this, you'll you realize yeah. it's it's really really hard. Like it's really and now that now that you've mentioned these other ones, I feel like I should revisit my top ten. <laughs> like I feel like Clockwork well, Orange for me should have made the top ten, and I just forgot about it. So yeah. I well that's so, the thing. There's movies that like like after I was starting to make it, I'm like I like I totally forgot like because you're kind of looking through your movie collection to see what kind of like inspires you but then you forget like certain movies you're like oh my god i forgot about this or like this is so much there's so much material like there's like how many movies are there there's thousands and millions (laughs) millions of movies like it's like it's it's hard to pick a top five but that's i mean i think we did pretty good now that i'm thinking about it 2001 space odyssey should have been in there forgot about that one the shining you, you could go there. into any director and then go oh my god this is like this is definitely got to be in there and yeah. it, like it's just it's crazy the amount of movies like it's so like now i'm regretting all my choices <laughs> <laughs> that's what this was for just to make you feel bad of, of like, yes uh, <laughs> but that's but that's like what you said this is these are the lists that's the list that we came up with when we came up with it like that was the list yeah it definitely will change i don't think anybody will have 
the same top five movies for their whole lives. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think that's possible. You'll remember other movies and then they will take the place of ones that are in there. Like, it's just, I think I'll so have many. a few of these, like of my top five, there's a few that only, uh, that are always be a lock. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark will always yes. be in my top five, but, yes. but there's some like that might drop out of my top five, like depending, yeah. like clash could yeah. drop out. Like there's like a few that could, definitely drop out like absolutely so. like it's just it's a it's an it's a non never-ending list like it's a it's a fluid list it just keeps and that's changing. what's great about films you just watch yeah. them and, and there's just so many and and depending what kind of mood you're in you can watch yes. stuff and it's like and what could be your favorite movie today that you just watched all of a sudden you watch it again in um, two years and you're like eh, it's not as good as i thought it was like you know yeah. it's yeah it's, some, it's, some movies just don't hold up yeah. yeah, and some but. do. Like I, I for a, a, a while had um, Godzilla minus one in my top ten. I've only seen yeah. it once, but yeah. I really felt like it was. But then I, I realized it can't, it can't be there yet. <laughs> it hasn't well, earned its place quite yet. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, like Asteroid City. I, I liked yeah. it when I first watched it, and it's not that I didn't like it the second time. I just there was I started to it wasn't as good as the first time I watched it. Right. Like, and I started yeah. really seeing like some of the things I didn't like about it. And yeah, like and, it takes, uh, it takes a long time for a movie to really make an impact. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think it does like, you know, initial impacts are, are something, but if it can hang around for years and still give you that same feeling, then you know, it's a good, like it's a, it's a special movie. Right? Like how many so, times do you see a movie and go, Oh my God, I got to watch that again. Like I see that all the time. Like, I, yeah. I like, like oh I got I haven't seen this in so long I gotta watch like I can I can see behind me like when I'm, I got I see RoboCop back there and I'm like yeah I gotta watch RoboCop again I haven't watched that in <laughs> ages like yes. it's such a good movie like <laughs> True. yeah uh, this is this is this is fun I really I enjoyed yeah, this this was good so the so. the uh, we've decided because we uh, started with our top five movies that episode two part two of this of this uh podcast which will be in a, a week or two is going to be our top five tv shows again i'm like this oh, is so hard yeah so we're going for movies this week next our next episode will be our top five tv shows i don't know if that's going to be harder or easier i am i don't I'm know not, i'm not sure we've already started working on it but i, I don't know <laughs> you can kind of throw the like like i haven't got we'll talk about it when we get to it but there's some of my parameters don't work with tv so yes. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but we'll, we'll leave it at that. And those are our top, top five. That was a lot of fun to do, but also very stressful, very um, stressful. Less, a lot of high anxiety moments. Yes. I'm like, Oh my God, what if I picked them wrong? But it really yeah. doesn't matter because again, like I said, they could change at any given moment. That's <laughs> like, right. It just depends what I'm, what I feel like watching this week. Yeah. So, but so we'd that, love, that's, we'd love to, before we'd love to hear from you. Like we'd love to hear your top five. If you're listening to this, like leave some, leave some, titles in the comments yeah. because it, it, we you know i mean your top five might be something we haven't seen yet and we might watch it and think this is awesome this should be in our top five or maybe yeah. it's a movie we've forgotten about so absolutely share with us your your five yeah if we see any we'll, we'll talk about them in the next the beginning of the next episode because i'd like to see what people sent like yes. and see what what, the, what they have out there because again like there's always a movie like again we mentioned movies you mentioned some that i'm like oh that why is that not in my top <laughs> even 20 right now like that's crazy <laughs> So it's like, yeah, you just forget about certain movies and whatever, but, but anyways, we'll let it, this go at that. And uh, we'll just have a higher anxiety post this and think, Oh, why didn't I pick this? Why didn't I not pick this? So <laughs> that's it for the show. Again, uh, go on our socials, tell us what you think and uh, make sure you like and subscribe and all that great stuff. And we'll see you next time on Loop and Larry guardians of geek.
Bye-bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. My Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.